1: This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. Today on Catholic Baltimore, we're talking with Father Jack Lombardi, author of a new book titled 33 Breaths, A Little Book on Meditation. Rev. John J. Lombardi is pastor of St. Peter Church in Hancock and St. Patrick Church, Little Orleans, Maryland. He attended Delaney Senior High School and Towson State University, majoring in journalism and philosophy. He eventually found his vocation to the priesthood through studies in college and help from laypersons and priests and many others. He attended the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. for a Master's in Theology and was ordained a priest in 1988 for the Baltimore Archdiocese. His first assignment was to St. Mary's Church in his hometown of Baltimore City. He's also served in parishes in Perry Hall, Baltimore, Randallstown, at St. Elizabeth Nursing Home in Baltimore, and at the National Shrine Grotto of Lourdes, Mount St. Mary's uh, University in Emmitsburg, Maryland. He now serves in Hancock in Western Maryland. Welcome to the show, Father Jack.
2: Thank you, Chris. And I think I need a little rest after all that uh, detail there. There you go. It's great to be a priest. I'm I'm thankful. So good to be here.
1: That's great. And first, before we get into the Mm -hmm. interview, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, your book, 33 Breaths, A Little Book on Meditation, was published by Cathedral Foundation Press, which is part of Catholic Review Media. And I helped coordinate this project for you. So you and I have been working on this project for many, many months, and it's great to finally see
2: the book in. All in the family, full disclosure. So uh, yeah, it's uh, Great to to see the book, and it looks uh, fabulous. You did a great job, Sarah. The rest of the staff here, and and it's beautiful. Great, thank you. Well, what's the purpose of the book, Thirty Three Breaths, and where does that
1: title come from?
2: Um, The title Thirty Three. Jesus lived on Earth in his incarnation, which we'll celebrate shortly, Um, Christmas. Thirty three years on Earth before he died was crucified. So I use that number as, um, it's sort of between um, a second and an hour. Everybody can take 33 breaths during the day, whether you're on the elevator, at the red light, don't fall asleep, though. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, in your bed, when you go to bed, or wake up in the morning, take 33 breaths, just very simple, in and out, and it's either a minute or two or three, and everybody can take a minute or two or three Um of prayer each day and so that's how we want to lead our lives prayerfully in the Lord, in the Divine Trinity. And so 33 breaths is a little signal everybody can pray. You don't have to be a rocket scientist, a saint. Hopefully we will become saints. Um, However, just take a little bit of time. Then, as I say in the book and elsewhere, start small, grow tall. You know, start with that 33 breaths, then take five minutes, 10 minutes a day, especially before Christmas or um, after Christmas and slow down. And the purpose of the book is to hopefully invite all Christians, Catholics, even non-believers, whoever, to our great faith tradition and see what uh, wonders we have in our faith to help them to be prayerful, mindful in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Sometimes Christians and Catholics have a hard time with the concept of meditation, right? Uh, why is that? What? Why is it so difficult for us?
2: Um, maybe some of it's, um, I would say, off the knee jerk, maybe we're not teaching it so much. I learned in a state university, so our tax money went good, I think, mm-hmm. at Towson State, as you said, now Towson University. Um, But even we want to get the word out in our Catholic churches, schools, playgrounds, and that's the purpose of the book. This isn't so hard. It's not, you know, brain surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, Take time, go within, be still and silent for a minute or two or three, then five minutes or 10 minutes, and focus on one thought, one image, or one idea, whether it's the Lord walking on the sea or the birth of Jesus Mm -hmm. or epiphany. These holidays that we have now. And you just zero in there. Of course, you have the shopping list of, um, I got to get here, do that, pick up the kids, do the laundry. I forgot about this memo. Just go back to that thought or that word, that idea or that image. Focus there. And then um, think about the image or the thought or the idea. And then thank the Lord for the graces that you had to spend in that silent. Time. Mm-hmm. And so that's basically what it is, focusing within.
1: You're talking about being slow and deliberate and rhythmic in this, <coughs> not, uh, not just, just sure. kind of being scattered. And
2: over I, I can, uh, full disclosure here, you know, be guilty with the rest of us, busy, quixotic, multitasking. We have our iPhones, computers, you know, uh, laptops go here. You could surf in one minute, you know, 50 different places on the earth. And you get all that stimulation. So we get almost intoxicated by it all, and we get used to it. So when we go to stop in church to pray, it's like, wow, it's hard to stop. Mm -hmm. I want more, you know, sensate stimuli. Um, I have to focus on the crucifix, you know, or the readings. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to do. But you can do it by practicing. And that's your love of God, you know, the first commandment. You know, love God, love neighbor. And the Lord did that. The Jews did it, you know, in the Psalms and early Christians. So just practice slow, loving, rhythmic meditation. You know, it doesn't have to be with your breath. Once again, go within, pick an image, an idea, or a visual. Look at that for a couple minutes. Think about it. And then thank God for the graces.
1: You spent a summer on sabbatical in India, working with Mother Teresa, right? Yes. Uh, What did you learn there about yourself, about spirituality, about service, and about meditation?
2: Um, Drink a lot of water. Okay. Get to the shower a lot. (laughs) It was the hottest part of my life, and it was the hottest part of the year in India. But I learned that the missionaries of charity and Mother Teresa herself, which I and we had the pleasure privilege to work with and see for two months they were walking the talk Mm -hmm. they said pray and act but the first thing is pray so we got up there was two irish seminarians with me that summer at four o'clock in the morning walked down the street five ten minute walk over bodies people families living on the street Um, and then we went to the mother house it was still quiet and 4:40 a.m. mother I'm going to tap on the table here you know like that that would be the beginning of morning prayer and so she would start each of her day with the psalms liturgy of the hours which everybody's invited to pray and then silent meditation this is the busiest person in the world you know and she would start with an hour of prayer then mass then all the activities mm-hmm. then in the afternoon They would have a, we would call it siesta. They would shut down all the services, and the mother house, one o'clock to three, nothing would happen. So, and then they rested, um, prayed, and then they came back refreshed. So that shows us, like um, Benedictines say, ora et labora, you know, pray, then work, pray, then work, and you have that Mm -hmm. rhythm. And in the, if they could do that in Calcutta, we could do that in, you know, Maryland, Baltimore, wherever.
1: Yeah. I, it's interesting to hear that concept of, of re, you know, breaking, stopping the service to rest, pray, and refresh so you can come back to service
2: And come again. back, yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: And you, you mentioned that, pray and work. Uh, I went to a, a, a seminary high school and whose uh, motto was Ora et labora, okay. pray and work. And I heard a story about... Um,
2: so you like, never get stressed out, I'm sure. No, no not right? at all. Yeah, You're in the center nerve, you know.
1: But the, uh, there was a story about a, a man comes to a lake, and there's a man in a rowboat in the lake, and one oar says pray, and the other one says work. Mm. And the guy on, on the shore says, well, what, is, what does that mean? He goes, well, watch what happens if I only pray. Oh. And he does one oar, and he goes around in circles. He said, watch what happens if I only work. Does that oar, only goes in circles. He goes, but if I pray and work together... I can move across the lake.
2: Oh, I should have had that a year ago before we printed the book. There we go. That's, that great image. Next edition. That's perfect. Yeah.
1: Next edition. <laughs> yes. We got a, a little bit of time left before the uh-huh. break. What's the basis of living a contemplative, contemplative life and why is it a good thing?
2: Um, you're going to be like Mother Teresa. Pope John Paul, um, just up the street from where we're recording, um, he supposedly got lost, was misplaced when he came here, whatever that year was, 1995. 95. And he was with the uh, archbishop at the residence, was resting, and everybody started looking for him. He was in the chapel prostrate. So the busi- busiest people um, do the busiest things by, like that Those two oars, prayer, first, work, prayer, work. It's in the Bible, Psalm um, 42. Gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. It says, be still and know that I am God. And I kind of ask people, too. I was at a church recently and thought, do we need more stillness and silence or more activity and noise, you know, in the world? And our Catholic Christian Bible tradition has that beautiful tradition uh, font and treachery of uh, silent stillness, then, you know, be busy, work, and that will be fruitful.
1: Great. Well, after the break, we're going to talk some more with Father Jacqueline Barty, author of a new book titled 33 Breaths, A Little Book on Meditation. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore.
3: Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. In a 3-0 ruling, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit struck down a Baltimore ordinance that would have forced pro-life pregnancy centers in the city to post signs stating they do not provide or refer for abortions or contraceptives. The January 5th decision upholds a lower federal court's ruling. The Baltimore City Council passed the law on a twelve to three vote in two thousand nine, despite the strong objections of then Archbishop Edwin F. O'Brien, who argued that the measure violated the right to free speech. He also contended that the law unfairly targeted pro-life pregnancy centers while failing to require abortion providers to post similar signs indicating what services they don't provide. Archbishop William E. Lurie, his successor, continued a battle against the law as it faced multiple court challenges over the last several years. He said he was grateful to the Fourth Circuit for issuing an important First Amendment precedent. The Greater Baltimore Center for Pregnancy Concerns, which helps 1,200 women annually, has offered some of its pro-life services from facilities owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Noting that a related case is pending in the U.S. Supreme Court, Archbishop Lurie said, quote, we look forward to a similar ruling supporting the freedom of religious nonprofits to help those in need and to speak clearly about important social issues. In the ruling, Judge J. Harvey Wilkinson wrote that his court has in the past struck down attempts to compel speech from abortion providers and is doing the same in striking down attempts to compel speech from abortion foes. For more on this and other stories, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is George Matasek.
4: Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, the Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have the Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org.
5: The season of sacraments is nearly here. First Holy Communion, Confirmation, and weddings. Visit the Baltimore Basilica, America's first cathedral, and stop by the gift shop for all of your gift needs. From beautiful frames to crucifixes and crosses, statues and one-of-a-kind rosaries. The Basilica Gift Shop has it all. Friendly, knowledgeable staff members can help you select the perfect gift. Also available, Baltimore's very own Mouth Party Caramels, locally designed hand-painted signs and jewelry, plus gifts for Easter as well as an extensive line of St. Patrick's Day items sure to bring out the Irish in everyone. Visit the Basilica Gift Shop at 409 Cathedral Street in Baltimore or call 410-727-3565 for hours and directions. Free street parking available directly in front of the Basilica between 9:30 and 4 p.m. You are listening to
0: Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM.
1: We're back on Catholic Baltimore and we're talking with Father Jack Lombardi, author of a book on meditation: 33 Breaths, a little book on meditation. A lot of Catholics and Christians, I think, are concerned about meditation because they link it to Eastern religions, such as Buddhism or New Age practices, and they, and they kind of get wigged out about that. Um, is it okay for Christians to practice meditation? And what does the catechism have to say about that?
2: Sure. Um, the catechism says um, we're all called to be on this quest. The fourth part of the catechism, after, you know, creed, our beliefs, our celebration or liturgy and then morality is one prayer, the fourth part. And it discusses the three types of prayer, oratio, or you know, oral prayers, the rosary and the mass, needed. The second kind is meditatio, meditation, what I was describing before, you know, focus on one image, thought, or um, visual, or idea, or word. And then the third kind of prayer is contemplatio. Which means the deepest kind of prayer, where um, God is doing the prayer for you, the Holy Spirit. You're so kind of pacified and at rest, like the Bible says that you know God is dwelling in you and you're resting. You don't have to do anything. Those three types of prayer are found all over the world in different religions. Yes, in the East, and on the one hand, we see that similarity. You know, God's planted that. In everybody, whether they're Christian, maybe they never got the gospel, got to church, they still kind of know how to pray and be and seek God in a natural way. Well, on the other hand, as the catechism says, and I've um, learned this over the years in experimentation, um, even in, um, you know, syncretization, in other words, blending East and West in inappropriate ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned on the job not to do that. So, you know, we need to be aware of what is Buddhism, what is Hinduism, what is Islam or Sufism, their mystical tradition. We respect the differences and similarities, but we can't blend them together where it's inappropriate. And so we have to be aware of that today, especially with um, new age spiritualities and you know a lot of um, the internet in a kind of democratization of spirituality. You know, there's everything's coming together. Mm-hmm. In our Catholic Christianity, there's so much treasure you know, we don't have to experiment. Right. So,
1: Some Catholic saints have used uh, the practice of meditation extensively. Sure. You yes. wrote about them in the book, St. Ignatius, right. St. Teresa of Avila, St. John of the Cross. How how did they use this practice of meditation to deepen their relationship with God?
2: Um, in my driving recently, I do a lot of driving, pray like most people, I heard a senator, U.S. senator speak about his upbringing, middle America, middle of last century, you know, noted. Um, notable, And he said on the front of the chalkboard, they had virtues that the school or system or county had, you know, justice, law, honor, obedience, you know, respect. And one of them was contemplation. I was amazed. Wow. Where's that gone? How did that get there? How do we have that? in our church and one of the reasons why I wrote the book is we have it in our church I went to Tibet I went to China I went to Buddhism I experimented I didn't find it see it here in Baltimore Western Maryland you know in in the area too much so I went out searching you know where is this mysticism and I found it right kind of you know as we say you know under our nose mm-hmm. in our Roman Catholic church it's in the saints, as I said before, at Mother Teresa. Most of the religious orders have this idea. Another word is for meditation, mental prayer. So they would start every day that way, end the day that way. It was even in our D- public DNA that senator speaking, you know, it's good to be still, silent, practice that, and then get real busy. Yeah. So we want to revive that tradition and avoid, you know, your uncle, cousin, kids you know, Gen Xers going online or going across the street to look into Buddhism or Sufism for all the answers. We have them so beautifully right here in our Catholic Christian tradition. Mm
1: -hmm. What role do scripture and imagery play in meditation?
2: Scripture uh, is great. And, um, you know, I've done a bunch of retreats for the book. And I had um, our deacon and others teach Lexio Divina. That's a don't be afraid. It's an easy word. Lexio, L E C T I O. Divina means divine reading. Just pick up a Bible, read one or two verses, and then um, think about it and then thank. So you want to keep it simpler. You know, get one image out of the Bible, the verse. Or the paragraph, you don't have to read the whole chapter of Leviticus, you know, maybe Genesis, God, you know, made the world, the earth, or Adam and Eve, or Jesus walked on the water, or the stable, you know, we can meditate on that this time of year. And the saints say, like Ignatius, now think about it, compose the scene, then go in it, make it interactive. And then what do you see, smell? Virtual
1: reality. Right,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, Saint Ignatius talked about that. Because within, and i say in the book, we have like a mini IMAX. That's called the fantasy, P-H-A-N-T-A-S-Y. Fant- fantasy, that means like phantom means image mm-hmm. or image before the mind. So we're calling out of our memory an image, drawing it up, putting it before our mind, and then exploring it. And God gave us that technique, method to think within or just use an idea like divine trinity or um, peace or serenity. You just think on that image or that one word, focus on it, and then talk to God in a conversation and perhaps at the end say, okay, I'm not going to you know, rob banks anymore or you know, mm-hmm. uh, make a resolution. I'm going to try to be more peaceful in my class or to my parents, you know, mm-hmm. things like that.
1: What advice would you have for people who would like to start meditating, but they've never done it and they don't know how? Maybe they're afraid of it. They just, you know, they sure. can't think of that. You know, right. with, with their cell phone world, they yes. just can't think of slowing yeah. down for
2: that long. What uh, advice. Good. That's a great, that's why I wrote the book. I just went to um, Confessions in McConnellsburg, Pennsylvania last night and was trying to help a soul and said, hey, basically, start small, grow tall. And the person was already praying. But like most persons, got to drive to work, get the kids, do this. Wow, I feel run over. Can I pray in the car? Sure. Part of my book is Pray Unceasingly. That's Second uh, Thessalonians five seventeen. But the Lord calls us to be still and silent also. And we can't, you know, just negotiate those away. Start small. Start the way I did at Towson State University in that meditation class. I was exposed to John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, Buddhism, Zen, Taoism. And that all just um, stimulated my soul. We had to pray for, you know, meditate for 10 minutes. So I suggest to people take five or 10 minutes each day, read a Bible verse. You have the Stations of the Cross. Go online, get your Catholic calendar get an image. So you either take an image right in front of you, a real one, you know, the crucifix or a stable, or you think of an idea or you go within and have another image. So one of those three ways, and then take five minutes to think about it. You know, what is God calling to me in this image? How is he speaking to me? What do I feel? Um, Whether it's Jesus walking on the water, the stable, you know, Jesus came, for instance, as the birth of the baby to reverse all of the sin and wreckedness in the world, for instance, then you can thank God at the end of that prayer, five, ten minutes. Do that for, I suggest, for a couple weeks. They say it takes, you know, 21 days a month to build a virtue. Mm -hmm. Take two weeks, five, ten minutes. Then after those weeks, two, three weeks, make it 15 or 20 minutes and try to do that in the morning. Or at night, maybe you have a lunch hour, you know, doing do it during that time. And all this is, what is it about? It's about, you know, loving God. Great advice. Where can folks get the book? You can um, give us a call to the Catholic Review, and feel free to give Chris a call, I think. But also, I'm pastor at St. Peter Church, 301 678 uh, nine six three three nine, and go online and look at our uh, website Saint Peter's of Hancock, and we have venues there. We're going to get it on Amazon shortly, and to bookstores I'll be doing book signings and book retreats, and so you'll be able to uh, find us there. Also, Facebook Father Jack Lombardi, so I have it through that, and we're going to be uh, you know doing some uh, opportunities and. Um, meet and greet the author, myself, and hope that I'll uh, see you and show you, you know, that it's very simple meditation is loving God in a simple, still, beautiful way.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. We've been talking today with Father Jacqueline Lombardi, author of a new book from Cathedral Foundation Press, 33 Breaths, A Little Book on Meditation. Thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. This is Christopher Gundy of The Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore.
4: Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org.